to speak about the Lord's Supper actually, about the bread and the wine. And the bread stands for healing. When you take the Lord's Supper and you take the piece of bread, it's a, it's a proclamation that Jesus Christ is my healer and I need healing in my soul right now or I need healing in my body. And the wine is a symbol of forgiveness. Jesus Christ is my best friend and he forgave me all my sins in my life. And that's actually pretty good news. It means also when we take the Lord's Supper in a season of uncertainties or in a season of we don't have big hope anymore, the Lord's Supper has such a dynamic, it brings hope in us, restoration in us, and we believe that the best is yet to come. Don't ever underestimate the power of the Lord's Supper because what is dead in your life will be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, the first church, they had a ritual actually. Every Sunday evening, the book of Acts you can read. In the book of Acts, every Sunday evening, they gathered in some houses and they took the Lord's Supper together. Why they took the Lord's Supper? Because they remember themselves about the death on the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, when you see this picture, people say, oh my gosh, Leo, I don't like the pictures, a lot of blood, and I don't like the, the picture. Dear friends, this was the picture in the Bible. The Bible says Jesus was beaten so fast and so heavy and so hard, we could not look at his face anymore. It was really a shock for the whole nation. When I take the Lord's Supper, I think and I reflect what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me. Why bread and why wine or grape juice, whatever is your theology? The bread, it's, it's not like, but Jesus is saying, I am the bread. Do you know how you make a bread? Has anyone you ever made a bread? Hands up. Or you buy the bread in the grocery store of Migro. The bread and Jesus Christ said, I'm under bread. The bread starts with some corns, right? And Jesus Christ was saying, when you take the Lord's Supper, you think, I came from heaven on earth. And Jesus Christ they squeezed out, you squeeze out from the corn, the flour. You squeeze it out. And when Jesus Christ was in the Garden Gethsemane, the last 24 hours, they squeezed everything out from Jesus. And this is the image. He gave up his life for you and me. Then you pour in some water and then you start to create the bread, every time when you chew the bread by the Lord's Supper, it's a statement that Jesus Christ was beaten. He screws out the best for you and me. That's one part. And what's about the wine? Hey, it's not you going to a vineyard and the wine is already by the grape. No, you take those things and wine, you create wine by squeezing. Check this out. You squeeze it out. Jesus Christ was in garden Gethsemane. The word Gethsemane means oil press. You press out everything inside. And Jesus Christ was beaten for you and for me. Isn't that amazing? After we think, oh yeah, let's take the Lord's Supper, cool with chips and fries, whatever. The meaning is so deep. If you understand 
what the wine representing forgiveness and the bread stands for healing. And we need healing more than you can imagine or think. I will explain a little bit later what healing is all about. Two weeks ago, I mean, right now in the corona crisis, the whole world is under shock, right? And I think we are getting really, really tired of all the regulations of the virus and everything. And in this season, God spoke to me and said, in a season of a crisis, in your marriage, in your company, if you are, have really challenged also in terms of relationship, take the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a statement. What is dead will become alive. It's a statement for God. Nothing is impossible. It means the blood of Jesus Christ runs through my veins and my heart beats with the heartbeat of God. When I take the bread, I say to myself, God is my healer. That's a fact. This is a statement. I proclaim the good news over my life and over my family. Two weeks ago, I took the Lord's Supper and after I took the Lord's Supper, really God gave me a revelation. A revelation about my leadership and the month they will come. And I would love to share with you this revelation because I think this revelation has maybe also some nuggets for you. And uh, this is a re revelation for me, how I can navigate my family, myself, and the whole entire church to this crisis right now. The revelation of God was, and I wrote it down, God spoke to me, it's like three waves. The wave number one, two, and three. I don't say this has nothing to do with the corona waves. Maybe we will face corona wave number 10, 14, 15, I don't know. God said to me, three waves are coming for me as a leader. And the cool thing is this revelation came straight after I took the Lord's Supper. There's a connection when you take the Lord's Supper. As you can see, the waves getting bigger from wave to wave. The first wave happened actually in March when coronavirus started, hit Europe. Everyone was on the shock, right? We were like shocked. Oh my gosh, we cannot go to church anymore. Home office. For those that have kids, you became the teacher. Homeschooling. Hey, all the Swiss people said, oh my gosh, I'm now a teacher. I don't like to teach. We were on the shock, right? Everyone was on the shock. Restaurants closed, the planes are not flying anymore, and everyone has to be, become very innovative. And in my mind, it changed something with, you cannot imagine if an insurance company will say, stay at home, do home office, a bank, home office, insurance, this is impossible. It changed something in our mindset. Everything is possible, right? This was the first wave. And then the second wave, God spoke to me and said, right now we are very tired, it's chaos, and everyone is struggling with the soul, right? If I talk with everyone, say, oh, I don't like the coronavirus anymore. It's nine months, nine months, that's the number. Nine months last a pregnancy. After nine months, you will deliver the baby. And that's a miracle. After you have a baby, then you need miracles to raise the kids, right? Nine months, that's, that's a season. But it's almost 10, 11 months from the first to the second wave. And everyone in the church around the globe, we are tired. It's chaos. We want to come to a complete stop. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That means we have a problem with our soul. And God said, when you're tired, pay attention for your soul. That's the moment when you're doing stupid things. I said last week to my pastors, we have 77 churches. 
in my movement that now you're tired of leading. Don't do stupid things because your soul is so tired. Why is the second wave important? Because God gave me revelation and said, in the second wave, when everyone gets tired, when you are enough of the virus, get ready for the third wave. And the third wave will be stronger and bigger and will change a lot of things. Now you're wondering, how long will it last goes from the second wave to the third wave? Here is the answer, are you ready? The answer is, I don't know, I don't know, I'm so sorry, I don't know. You come to church and you expect from Pastor Leo to know exactly the date when Jesus Christ comes back, I don't know. When you're dying, I don't know, but you will. I don't know. And that's the challenge. We don't know. It can last one year, two years, one month, two months. I don't know. God said to me, get ready. Your soul cannot lead you. You are led by the Lord's supper of Jesus Christ is living in you. Healing lives in you. But check out the third wave. And that's my revelation how I lead my own life, my family, and also the church and the whole entire movement. The third wave is... In a, some months or some years, that will be like the new normal. New normal means a lot of things will change. It, the hybrid will be a part. That means from now on, everything is online and live. Homeschooling and school. Home office and real office. It's like a hybrid thing. From now on, every church around the world, they will have an online church and also an in-person church. It will not change after the coronavirus. That means for our body, when this happens, growth will take place and in our body, we're like, boom, God, I am so ready. This is my revelation for myself. And the cool thing is, it has, has a connection when I took the Lord's Supper in a season where I thought, God, what are you doing? And he gave me a clear revelation. And that's how I lead my life and also the whole movement. The Lord's Supper, it's a key in a season where you're struggling in your marriage, at your workplace, financially, spiritually, whatever. Hey, Paul is saying actually about the Lord's Supper, it's not so easy to take the Lord's Supper. And I want to read to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29 and 30. For those who eat and drink without discerning to the body of Christ and eats and drinks judgment on themselves. That is why among you are weak and sick and the numbers fallen asleep. Have you ever heard that Bible verse? Say, Pastor Leo, wow, first you're starting so well. Give us a vision, a dream, why the Lord's Supper is so cool. Then, boom, you bring his followers. Do you want to kill us? Have you ever heard the Bible verse? I grew up in a church and they said, if you are not, um, if you have some issues with other person in your church, go and Clear that and then come back to the Lord's Supper. Otherwise, if you take unclean the Lord's Supper, you get sick, you die early. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't want to take the Lord's Supper. That's too dangerous. It's even more dangerous than the coronavirus. A lot of people, they understand the Bible. Now, if you, if you want to know what does this Bible verse means, now I want to teach you a bit about theology. If you read a Bible text, just one verse in the Bible, you have to understand what is the context. 
What is Paul saying before and what is Paul saying afterwards? Because everything is written in a context. For example, if I say to you right now, don't worry about the virus. I don't even have to mention coronavirus. He would say, I understand you, Pastor Leo, you speak about the coronavirus. Because from March, we have this virus, and now the virus, and afterwards the virus. We understand the context, right? If I will say to you a year before, in January 2020, don't worry about the virus. I say, Pastor Leo, what are you talking about? There is no such thing as a virus. And this is how you have to read the Bible in the context. Paul is saying why a lot of people get sick and dying because, now comes the reason in verse 21, when you are eating, for some you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets really drunk. These two things, the rich people, the Lord's Supper was always a meal, and after the meal you took the Lord's Supper together. The rich people had some labors, they could go earlier with all the stuff and the food and the drink and they ate everything, but the labor people came later and had nothing. Can you imagine you shared the Lord's Supper together? The rich people, oh yeah, yeah, the, the poor people say, I, 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 am, I am dying, I, I'm hungry. And Paul is saying, what in the world are you doing? When you take the Lord's Supper, it doesn't matter about your skills. It doesn't matter about your job. It doesn't matter about how famous and rich you are. By the Lord's Supper, we are equal. We are sons and daughters of Christ. Why in the world are you doing a split of rich and poor, drinking and, and starving? And that's the context about uh, the Lord's Supper. I want to lead you into the Lord's Supper with three stories. We want to break it down and then afterwards we will take the Lord's Supper together. And I love doing a team preaching of two amazing guys. Let's give them a big round of applause. <laughs> Heidi and Ben, thanks for being here with us. I, I, I want to start with the first story. It's my, my own story. Uh, the bread is a symbol for healing. When I take the bread in the Lord's Supper, it means I thank Jesus for healing. First Corinthians chapter 11, 23 and 24. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this to, in remembrance for me. I wanna share you my story. Uh, when I prepared the message, uh, really God revealed something in me I have forgotten. You know, when you lead a church or when you do life, there's always a moment when some friendships are drifting, right? Or you're splitting with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or some people, they come to the church, are big leaders, and you have a fight and a struggle, and they're leaving the church. Not everything was happening in our church is perfect. I would love if the church is a building because the building cannot hurt me. Unfortunately, it's people, and people, they hurt, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Everyone has this experience. And sometimes you pray with each other, you have a dream, God gives you calling, and then all of a sudden you're drifting and things are happening. And even though in our movement, we had some churches that left our movements. 
Of course, we had always a long discussion. Sometimes I was agree, sometimes I wasn't agree. Sometimes we had really half tough fights behind the scenes. But every time when I felt I cannot fix this relationship anymore, it happens too much, or we cannot stay together as a movement with those churches anymore. Every time, every time in my life, I took the Lord's Supper. I said, look, you don't understand me, I don't understand you, but we have the same Lord. Even if we split, you love Jesus, I love Jesus, we have the same company. And when we're in heaven, we have to get along anyhow. And every time when we had this split in the church, church split, uh, or people split, whatever, I said, let's take the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper was never, a me, uh, never the picture of, you have to forgive me. I always said, look, please forgive me for everything I said wrong, I did wrong, I need forgiveness. Why I need forgiveness? I need healing in my soul. If you don't take the Lord's Supper, you get bitter about certain people. You get bitter about your story. You get bitter even though maybe about God. And I took the Lord's Supper, I, I ate the bread, and then we took the wine together and said, Jesus, forgive us. Nothing can separate us from your love. And when we said, Amen, and now please listen to me, I said, you going your way, and I going my way, goodbye. Listen to me. I said, you going your way, I going my way, goodbye. But every time when those names are mentioned, I say, yes, I know that dude. We took the Lord's Supper. He loves Jesus. I love Jesus. And we are working in the same team. Yeah. If you're not forgiving people, if you're not letting go people, you get bitter and you get sour. And then you say, I will never trust the woman anymore. All the women are same. Yeah, they're same. They're called women. Or all the men, they want only one thing, all, all like this. Then you're bitter. And my advice to you guys is, whenever there's a split, split taking place or a divorce, it hurts you, you think I'm in the right position, he's wrong, I'm right. My advice to you is, I'm now more than 50 years old and I'm never, I've never been bitter. And I will never be bitter. This is my decision because every time when I felt all bitterness, it's around the corner. I took the Lord's Supper for me that I'm in peace with God and with those people. That's my story. How powerful is the Lord's Supper? And Ben, you, you will share with us the, 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 the wine, the blood of Jesus Christ who gives us the endless forgiveness. Yes, exactly. When we, when we take the Lord's Supper, we, we have to ask ourselves, okay, what does this wine symbolize? And what it does, it's really, it symbolizes the blood of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that he has for us. So when I take this Lord's Supper, I get, I get remembered of so many things. I get remembered that I actually have died with Jesus on the cross, as the Bible has said, that I, that I am a saint, that I have been forgiven much. And at, at the beginning when I take it, I really remember myself, hey, Ben, you're actually, you're a sinful person. I remember before I met Jesus that how I was weekend after weekend looking for, looking for encouragement, looking for the next kick in parties or um, looking for it in, in alcohol or, or smoking pot, whatever. And I realized every time I take the Lord's Supper, how he has forgiven me much. 
And I remember that without that forgiveness, without that forgiveness of Jesus Christ, yeah. that I would be disqualified for eternity yeah. with, with God. So when I take that, I find myself at the foot of that cross and remember myself or, or what, look at that cross and remember I should be hanging there. Yeah. It should be me actually. And in that moment, I feel like as if of all the people in the whole world, I should be the one that should be forgiven the most. And then I start taking the bread and the wine and I just start thanking Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And those are some of the most intimate moments with him. Why? Because I, I get remembered, hey, I am loved so much. My life has been paid by an infinite price. But above all, I have been forgiven much. And that, that's so powerful. That ignites something in me. It ignites a passion. It ignites a fire for the calling that Jesus has given to all of us. To love people unconditionally. Jesus said, hey, the one who's been forgiven much, loves much. And I wish for that to be, become true in my life. That I may realize, hey, I have been forgiven much. And therefore, I want to love much. And that's why I want to... I want to work according to the call of Jesus, love people unconditionally, preach the gospel, tell people about the forgiveness of Him, cast out demons, pray for the sick and heal them, etc., etc. But all that is only possible if I always come back to that point, to that place where I remember myself. Ben, you have been forgiven much. And we read in the Bible in the first of Corinthians 11.25 how Jesus says, after the same manner, he took the cup and said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So basically, when we take the Lord's Supper, we are remembered of how much we are forgiven. And that is so powerful because forgiveness has such an incredible power behind it. It was summer 2016. I just met the man of my dreams and I was really living the life to the fullest. I was just so happy. I was working in my dream job. Um, and a month before we got married, I started to have first signs of a burnout. And it only took a couple of weeks until I was um, out of work. I had to quit both my jobs. Uh, I had to see doctors and therapists had to be on strong medicine. And uh, all of a sudden I found myself being felt down to nothing. And honestly, I imagined my first year of being married to look different than that, um, than looking to get out of bed in the morning, maybe if it goes well to take a walk during the day and waiting for my husband to come back from work. And that was it. And um, I felt so purposeless. Um, I had so many fears coming up, fears of never being able again to work again in normal jobs, uh, fears of never being able to have a family because I didn't feel like I could cope with anything really. Um, one night my husband and I, we sat down and we said, we are gonna start taking the communion from now on every single night because we know that 
this really is the ultimate thing that will be able to heal me. Um, medicine can do so much, but if God doesn't give his blessing, medicine won't work. Therapists can do so much, but Jesus is the one that he said he died for our sins, but also for our weaknesses. And I knew that I feel so limited and that the only thing I need right now is the power of the cross in my life. Sorry. <laughs> and we started to do that every, every night from weeks and weeks and months and months. And I can really say after about a year, I really started to see light at the end of the tunnel. I started to work again, only part-time, but at least I had some kind of structure back in my life. And now it's four years on and I can truly say I am on the best point in my life that I've ever been. I have a flourishing marriage. I am pregnant with my third child. And um, I started my business last year and I have never been able to dream that I will be ever able again to do that. But I can only testify that Jesus's blood is still as powerful as it has ever been. And I'm living a testimony of that. Yeah. Come on. Woo. The Lord's Supper is so powerful. And to be quite honest, when we, when we take the bread, maybe if an issue in your soul, maybe a person has disappointed you so hard and it's so hard for you to let go, Sickness takes often place in your soul and from the soul goes into your body. But when I take the, the bread, I remember Jesus Christ died on my behalf and He's my healer. He heals my soul. He heals my whole entire body. It's a statement for the seen and in the unseen world. When I take the wine, it's a message. I am forgiven. I'm a child of the Most High God. Of course, my name is written in the book of life. I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. Even though if I do stupid things, this has nothing to do with my identity. I am a child of the Most High God. I'm always praying the blood of Jesus is running through my vein, healing and forgiveness and energy and strength and freshness and joy and peace is running through my vein. And then we can get up and then we know we have enough power, as Heidi shared already, to go into the day with the power of Jesus Christ.